first and now is the official BC Lions podcast. Matt Baker and Nick Kowalski for the first time in the post-free agent market opening era in 2024. Bear with me, that was a mouthful, but I hope that makes sense. We have some new additions, couple subtractions to talk about. That's the nature of the business, but Nikki, you look tired. You, you recovered from your Vegas excursion. You look like you're still catching up on sleep, I got to say, but that's okay. It's well, all look, at, it. look at you for watching her now. You're all in a suit. That I didn't get the memo, I guess, today. I'm in my <laughs> I'm in my classic BC Lions uniform, but yeah, you with the suit, you got the little BC Lions pin on you. For those Looking watching great. this yeah. podcast, you can sort of zoom in. Maybe you screenshot this. But I'm a little exhausted thir- from Vegas. Well, as for my attire, it's Thursday. Why not? <laughs> that That's the reason? Yeah, sure. That's what we're going to go with? Uh, I, heard, I heard you were presenting in front of thousands yes. of kids earlier. That's what I heard. <laughs> Thou- oh, thousands. <laughs> yeah, maybe a few patched in on Police zoom escort to everything. Yeah. yeah. Yes, uh, w- was uh, fortunate and honored uh, to speak at a career day. Fraser Heights Secondary, not too far from my uh from our facility here so yeah uh kind of full circle for me i remember being in grade 11 grade 12 and and they had a a member of the sports broadcasting fraternity at that time uh, come in and speak so it's kind of weird to fast forward 25 years later however long it's been and uh, yeah always uh glad to talk to the youth our next generation and share my experiences uh, about this football club and and my path and yeah, I figured I uh, might as well put something nice on. None of this uh, sideline merchandise stuff that I normally wear in the office. So we got all these uh, little kids running home tonight and saying, when I grow up, I want to be Matt Baker. That's how it's going to go? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. They, um, I had major flashbacks because um, I was in the counselor's office waiting. Uh, for This was done over the lunch hour at the school. And it went on the announcements... Uh, For those uh, interested in today's career presentation, uh, Matt Baker with the BC Lions is going to be in the library. And my first thought was, well, I hope hope people aren't expecting to see like a player or something. That was my first (laughs) thought. Yeah, VAs rolling through. And two, that would have been a lot more entertaining. And two, I I had PTSD flashbacks of hearing my name on the announcements at school. Like if I had oh, an over, yeah. like if I had an overdue library book, or if I was needed in the office for some reason, you ever get that? Yeah, usually trouble's coming. Yeah, <laughs> just like major, like panic starts to set in. Yep. You hear the announcement monitor saying your That's name over point. the PA. Everyone in the school knows your name has been called. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are bringing a little flashback back now. <laughs> to be honest, I was a good kid in school, though. Not gonna lie, I was kind of a goody two. Well, shoes, obviously, at least growing up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, have to make some calls to the Transcona School District in Manitoba. St. Joseph the Worker, shout out, elementary Saint, school. You, you went to Catholic school? In, in elementary, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. St. Joseph the Worker uh, is the name of a church in Richmond where uh, my parents and a lot of relatives got married in, so there you go. Awesome. We're already off the rails, two minutes in. Yeah, well, <laughs> you started it with the wardrobe. and um, Anyway, Vegas, uh, we're going to talk about it toward the end of the show. Yeah. I have a hunch it's going to come up and go for it or punt, but uh, you and Moj and Whittingham did some good work. Uh, watched a few of your interviews. Dan Marino, a guy I love is Greg Cosell. Yep. Just some great film breakdowns, no hot takes, no agendas like a lot of talking heads you hear. Because I heard a lot of that going into that Super Bowl, uh, the whole, you know, Brock Purdy game manager, all that stuff. You tune that out. Uh, Congrats to the Chiefs, by the way. Um, But what was the highlight 
The highlight, um, I, I would say that getting, I, I'm the filmer, right? So I'm, I'm behind the camera at yeah. all times, but my job is pretty much to film whatever, whoever, whomever Moj talks to, I just got to film it. So we got some big names if you saw on Moj's uh, social media this past week. So the highlight I'd say would be filming either we got, we got right, I got right up in Dwayne the Rock Johnson's face <laughs> so yeah. filming there with the security escort what you don't see is me backpedaling during that while these like six foot six security guards are like giving me a stiff arm to the chest I almost I almost fell backwards I don't know how I haven't done that yet so that was a big highlight um getting the rock to shout out Wally Buono giving him a happy birthday note uh media day is always a highlight for me I, I never get sick of those so um that's when all the players are on the field and it's just a media swarm for an hour we got to talk yeah. to Travis Kelsey about his connection with Zach Calaris uh and hit some other CFL angles too so while it was Super Bowl Vegas content, Moj does a great job of uh, definitely working the CFL angle. So there's guys like Dre Greenlaw, Johnny Holland, Tim Terry. These are like former Thai Cats connections, BC Lions connections. So uh, a lot of fun stuff in Vegas. Um, but yeah, we will talk a little more about it and go for it or putt because I have I have some opinions on Vegas now. Now that I'm no longer a, a rookie there. Well, I'm going next month, like we've talked about. Uh, it'll be my eighth time, I think. Wow. So. I think we'll save it. We'll save it. But my only question for now is: I was going to tour Allegiant Stadium. I was going to do the paid guy. Do you recommend? Would you recommend doing that? Yeah, it was a or- cool stadium. The lights were out, obviously, during it. Yeah. But it, it, it looks big. Uh, we got up to go. The media uh, food that was provided was in the uh, 300 section, I guess right. you'd call it. I don't even know. We upper deck, I guess. I think I might term. do it. Yeah. But yeah, we went up there for a bit with Whittingham, and it was cool. One funny thing is Whittingham, and there was a lot of stairs to get there. So Whittingham and I took the stairs, and Moj got to go in the elevator to go up. Uh, and Moj told us after, he's like, "You'll never believe what I saw in the ele- or ran into in the elevator. It was Bruce Buffer." Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, so he was Moj, announcing the thing. Yeah, right? some Moj, yeah. yeah, some Moj had a conversation. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wasn't there for that. But I was just running <laughs> up the stairs, but that would have been a good one to get too. Would have been a super one to get. Uh, yeah, to. you run into Ocho Cinco at all? Yep, Moj. Yeah, Moj. <laughs> no. uh, Moj tried tracking him down. Uh, yeah. he actually funny Couldn't story remember. about Chad Ocho Cinco. The first thing he tells Moj told me this. I wasn't there for it, but the first thing he told Moj was uh, when Moj drops BC Lines, Vancouver, you know, radio station. Um, Ocho Cinco goes to him, yeah, my guy, Lucky Whitehead. And um, and then Moj tried FaceTiming Lucky, but unfortunately wasn't available at the time. But that was Ocho Cinco's first thought when he heard BC Lions in CFL was, was Lucky Whitehead. There you go. Current free agent, uh, Lucky Whitehead. So, no, good for you. Uh, the content was outstanding. Uh, I made sure we got the Johnny Holland interview posted up. And, uh, yeah, so... Las Vegas, I'll be there myself again in well, three weeks from now. Uh, we'll be at the Canucks and Golden Knights three weeks tonight on the Thursday night in Vegas. Uh, you're going to a couple Canuck games uh, coming up tonight, I think, uh, as am I. But uh, we're talking football. As mentioned, we're about 48 hours and change into the free agent market opening. Uh, from a Lions perspective, I think that's all you can expect for now. Uh, who knows? Closer to camp if... If something comes up, they'll they might look at. Uh, you never know, but uh, the free agent market to the Lions doing what we expected, uh, adding a couple of quarterbacks. So depth in the QB room. We'll talk about uh, perhaps a solid replacement for Matthew Betts, uh, changing up the ratio. You never know with Pete Robertson. But first off, since we last recorded, a couple of key pieces have stuck around. Uh, namely Marcus Sales and Ben Halatic. The Lions also getting David Neville done to an extension a few uh, days before the, the negotiation window period was set to open. 
A uh, couple of key pieces there returning as far as veterans on that defense, especially. Yeah, when it comes to these three players, too, with Sales, Neville, and Halatic, all three, I'm interested to see how, like, where exactly they fit into this 2024 roster, right? We saw Marcus Sales uh, play more so with Jalen Edwards Cooper on that right side last year at halfback, but now with TJ Lee's Achilles situation, uh, we don't know where Marcus Sales is going to line up, whether it's going to be beside Gary in the boundary or on the left side as they did last year, whether Marcus is going to be on the field. So that's very interesting. There's there. some options yeah. there and for then sure. Same with yeah. Neville, like, we, the left guard position, I'm assuming, is still up for grabs. So, uh, um, three three key guys to get back, but three guys that I'm interested to see where they line up on day one of training camp. And the Neville one's interesting because you remember he basically went six last six games in the playoffs. He became the starter. Remember Andrew Pearson uh, was I guess demoted for lack of a better term, but he still ended up getting on when Suk Chung went down for a game or two. Right? Yep. Was that the second game we went to Edmonton that that Suk missed? I think. So both of these guys. Pearson, Neville, they're going to be called upon at some point, you think. Andrew Pearson is locked up for a couple more years as well. But um, David Neville, for me, is the classic case of perseverance. Remember, 2022, you kept hearing that was going to be his chance to shine, his chance to take the ball and run with it. But he ends up tearing his labrum, has surgery, misses the whole season. But then, good job rehabbing. Good job earning his way back, ends up earning another extension going into last year, and he emerges on the roster as the extra guy for the first part of the season until they made the change there up there at guard. So for me, I'm hoping to see that he's even more motivated by the fact he earned his way all the way back. For sure, and a lot of these guys, it's, it's we've talked about it at length about how it's an important year being the Great Cups here in Vancouver. But for a lot of these guys, like Neville, uh, Sales, Halatic, like they're en- they're entering right into their primes, right? Halatic's still on the younger side at only twenty four years old, but uh, Sales is now in his fourth season with BC, right? He's yeah, he's probably missing. He's had that feeling of winning a Great Cup back in twenty nineteen, but that's that's now five years ago, right? So uh, motivation, it's it's got to be at an all time high. Yeah, uh, offensive line play going to be a big part of it. You look at these games uh, once we get past Labor Day, October, November. Hopefully we don't have to go outside again uh, come playoff time, but uh, the line of scrimmage is going to be key once again, and even more key because we addressed the running back position uh, as we sort of go in chronological order here. We were able to announce this one a week before the period opened, just under that, I think. Will Stanback, a veteran with the Montreal Alouettes, a Grey Cup champion, a two-time 1,000-plus yard rusher in this league, granted his release by the Alouettes and the Lions officially signing him last week. So that's been kind of the number one question for a couple years now, right? Certainly since James Butler departed to the Hamilton Tiger Cats ahead of 2023. But at 29 years old, Less than three years removed from earning an Eastern nominee for most outstanding player, he would lose to Zach Kolaris. This is a player with gas in his tank, and as you see, we'll direct you to bclions.com. When you're done listening to this podcast, check it out. You can see that Standback is entering this year with a chip on his shoulder. This could be a sneaky great signing. 
Well, it's what the fans wanted, right? We we heard all this talk about what yep. are they going to do at running back? What are they going to do at running back? Well, yeah, they're going to bring in a former East Division MOP at running back and Will Stanback and a guy that's also well familiar with Vernon Adams Jr. They obviously shared the backfield in Montreal um, a couple years ago. And I think for us, too, we we, we saw his touchdown run. He had, a, he had that 32-yard touchdown run in the Grey Cup in the first quarter. That came directly to our seats. Remember that? Yep. So that right then and there, I saw okay, this guy, this guy still has what it takes to be a top running back in this league. Um, obviously Same end us, of the field where Phil Pot scored the winning touchdown, yeah, right, right at us. us. So that yeah. standback run came right at us to that yeah. corner we were sitting in. Um, but standback, yeah, he, he now has a ring to his name. Um, I was listening to the Waggle on the pod on uh, the CFL podcast with Hinoch Mwamba, and he was talking uh, about how when he talked with standback. Um, you remember that iconic shot of Henock um, getting emotional on the stage after 2022? Standback told Henock, he was like, you didn't tell me it feels this good after winning a great cup. So um, obviously now that they're both champions, Standback coming here, he's going to bring that championship pedigree. And I mean, uh, yeah, it's, that's a great signing. It's got to be an A plus at this point, right? Absolutely. Hey, uh, if you can uh, balance out the solid aerial attack we have with VA and these receivers with a stout running game, Sky could be the limit. On to February 13th we go, and speaking of VA and the quarterbacks, we didn't sign one, but we got two. Uh, rather early in the day, Dakota Prukop, 30 years old, last two seasons with Winnipeg, and at one point in the stands in this Grey Cup, you turned to me and said, look, they're getting eight, nine yards, the Bombers are, on every first down. So Prukop was out there, I think, 10 times. Yep. This is a guy that uh, <laughs> saw a lot of action in this Grey Cup, scored a short yardage touchdown for the Bombers, did so in 2022 as well when they lost to Toronto. But short yardage and depth, Dakota Prukop, Oregon Duck in 2016, he was after three years at Montana State. This is, um, as far as a number three, quote unquote, pretty good. Yeah, that's where you immediately think to where Prukop fits in in this offense, right? And he's, like you said, he's as automatic as they come in short yardage too, which is a, a definitely an upgrade at the position that we had from, uh, you know, it's it's a very important part of the game. We've witnessed that last year in several games, right? That And Winnipeg's definitely uh, soaked the benefits of having Prukop as our short yardage guy. Um, and right now, yeah, you do probably pencil him as a QB3, but... Uh, the guy we're going to talk about in a second, Jake Dolagala, if he's going to be QP2, that's not, it's not just going to be given to him, right? You have to earn that spot in training camp. And there's also Chase Bryce in the mix that they still have around. So um, while these quarterbacks are probably slotted into certain spots right now, they're by no means um, cemented in uh, at this point, right? Just names on a depth chart. Uh, you are right. Jake Dolagala, great measurable, six foot seven, two forty two. And we saw him a couple times, uh, lost a game there in Saskatchewan at the end of August, and he actually went for a career-high 409 yards against us in September. Um, you know, granted, that was a game where the Lions had built a big lead and they had to chip away and come back. They pretty much had abandoned the run game, but half the season, nine games, Jake started after injuries to Trevor Harris and Mason Fine. Solid veteran backup in a league where you need at least two solid quarterbacks. Just a big dude too, like you mentioned, six foot seven. He was the first quarterback I've. Whenever I'm 
I'm filming through my viewfinder, right? And he's the first guy where I'm I'm looking at and through my viewfinder, and I'm like, this guy is not a normal size. He is this taller, like immensely taller than everybody else in the field. Um, and there's that iconic, I think it was after the Labor Day Classic where he had that post-game interview with, I believe it was Britt Dort, where he's literally bending over into yeah, the frame just so he right. can fit in. So um, yeah, no problems for Jake to be seeing over any offensive line or any defenders too. So um a lot of people are, it seemed like this is a very positive reception online too for this signing too, which is also nice to have, make the fans happy and all of that. So excited to see what Jake has to bring in and Kamloops. Going back uh, to day one, February 13th, uh, getting ready to kind of shut things down. It's almost five o'clock, but then we get wind that Pete Robertson is coming and we'll talk about him more in a minute, but uh, Matthew Betts, uh, congratulations landing with the Detroit Lions. So Pretty big hole there uh, on the defensive end side of things, but 31 years old is Pete Robertson. Last three years with Saskatchewan, led the Riders in sacks in two of those three seasons, and you 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 like this fact about him? Doesn't wear gloves, but this guy this is gonna this this is this is a player who's going to bring some nastiness to this Lions defense. And it's because he wears no gloves. That's the number one indicator. If you're watching a defensive end and he's got no gloves on, you're, you're never going to be in for an aggressive day. Uh, Sione Tuihema also does not wear gloves either. And you see uh, the type of player Sione is in the field too, right? But um, yeah, BC, like we had, we were second in the league in sacks last year at 55. And obviously the departure of Matthew Betts is going to hurt that. But then you, you would add Pete Robertson to that group. And he's someone who has kind of that similar stat line to Matthew Betts. Like Pete Robertson forced six fumbles two over his last three years in Saskatchewan too and that's something Betts did a great job at uh, from his defensive end spot so I think just looking at it uh, objectively this is quite like a replacement for Matthew Betts now that he's departed but um, he I'm, I'm happy to have him on his on our side too uh, of course I'm just coming to my mind right now, but the last two seasons, Pete Robertson has injured a BC Lions quarterback. Yeah. So that's another reason why I'm happy to have him on our side and not uh, not chasing our quarterbacks any longer. It's funny. I talked about this. Uh, I mentioned this to Tyler Gammon, our football ops manager. Uh, 2017, Davon Coleman in Hamilton falls on Jonathan Jennings, injured his shoulder. Less than two years later, Davon's a BC Lion Pete Robertson in 2022 kind of collides with Nathan Rourke. We know what happened, and now he's a BC Lion. So, and VA too last year. VA as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, there you go. Uh, glad to have this player uh, plays with a bit of a nasty edge. Of course, he uh, might have crossed the line a little bit in that Labor Day Classic against Winnipeg, but that's in the past. He owned up to that. And uh, again, have to get nasty, have to get meaner. Matthew Betts, nasty, mean, high motor, Pete Robertson, exact same thing. Before we talk about Betts, uh, Sionti Evans, this is a veteran, you know, veteran experience. You can never have too much veteran all-star Grey Cup experience, Nikki. And speaking of history and speaking of John Jennings, I I remember being there in Calgary in overtime in 2016, and it was Sionti Evans who recorded an end zone interception to seal a crazy overtime win for the Stampeders. It was a blown Lions lead. Uh, wasn't too much fun. Heck of an exciting game, but um, he has since uh, done great things in Hamilton, Montreal, two-time Grey Cup champion with the Alouettes last year and the Stampeders in 2018. 2018, which was his best year as far as interceptions go with five. Again, we're talking about this secondary and where guys might slot in. So 
couple of these rookies come to camp and maybe don't impress, you know you have a guy like Sionti Evans in the fold. So I was happy with this one. I know you were too. Yeah, when you know when you told us that uh, we're bringing in Sionti Evans, I got very excited because he's he's a veteran in this league, been playing in it since 2016. Also had a bit of an NFL stint in between there too, but he's someone who, like you said, he's pretty versatile. Can kind of move around, play half, play corner. Um, a really really good tackler for a DB. Uh, if you watch the little highlight tape he put out, there's several uh, tackles that he makes pretty much at the line of scrimmage where he's blowing up plays and just doing making the play by himself essentially. Right, so. Uh, excited to see where he slots in. Um, we definitely needed um, with TJ Lee going down with his Achilles and Jalen Edwards Cooper departing for Saskatchewan. Definitely needed some help in the defensive backfield, and Sionte Evans is, is that addition. One year deal for Sionte, a two year deal for Dola Gala, and then uh, one year each for Pete Robertson, Dakota Prukop, William Standback. We didn't talk about Jake Hardy uh, very quickly here. Veteran uh, Canadian wide receiver uh, was a high draft pick uh, early second round with Ottawa, where Rick Campbell, of course, was in 2015. It's a guy who can contribute on special teams. So uh, you look at a guy like Daniel Peterman, uh, no longer with the team, free agent, and uh, a natural progression, a natural uh, replacement here for Jake Hardy, who spent last year as well with Montreal. Yeah, when I think of Hardy, uh, never met him personally, but he did follow me back on Instagram. So thank you, Jake, for the follow. But uh, me too, by the way. When we yep. were in when we were in Kamloops in the summer um, with Keenan LaFrance and Sean White filming the tourism with Kamloops series, um, Keenan and Sean started talking about some of their past CFL teammates, and Keenan uh, brought up Jake Hardy and how he's such a good, you know, kind of guys guy in the locker room and all that, and just a lot of fun to hang out with. And then uh, when I, I think his Instagram confirmed it because I, I was scrolling through some of his posts the other day, and you know, there's him playing hockey, there's him playing golf, and of course he's obviously a pro football receiver so uh he's a sports guy and seems like he's gonna fit in really well in this locker room too and like you said can contribute in several aspects it's funny uh trying to helping uh, the graphics department prepare these announcements and looking for some uh, canadian press or cfl.ca photos one of the first photos when i look up for jake hardy it's the 2016 gray cup celebration it's him and tanner Dahl just yelling and going crazy right when they <laughs> Right when that game ended. So Tanner, of course, uh, a good buddy of ours. And another example. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at her right now. Keenan LaFrance is, yeah, the football world is small. That's a great photo. Yeah, it's got the long hair and everything. Does Tanner, of course. Nathan so. Danette, shout out, for, shout out you for that photo. That was a crazy result, by the way. Ottawa taking down Calgary. That it's year one of my favorite Grey Cups ever. Like yeah. the Stampeders had lost two games all year. Um, beat us pretty good in the Western final. And then here come the Ottawa Red Blacks. One game, anything can happen. The quarterback so, situation, the Henry yeah. Burris and Trevor, and Trevor Harris, the shoestring tackle on, I believe it was Andrew Buckley. Yep. Was the quarterback for Calgary. They Couldn't took punch it in. Yeah, had just, to settle for overtime. And then yep. Ernest Jackson, game-winning touchdown. Former BC Lion, Ernest off the fingertips, right? Yep. Yep. So there you go. Uh, we're looking to create more of those memories, the 111th Grey Cup. Every year we want to win it. Uh, it's just another year in that regard, but doing it at home indeed would be special. Matthew Betts uh, was made official just uh, moments after the market officially opened and he was free to sign somewhere else. A uh, bit of a surprise in the end. Uh, kept hearing it was down to us and the Hamilton Tiger Cats and... 
I think our brass uh, felt pretty good about it the later it got until this Detroit Lions thing got finalized. So uh, Matthew Betts, one-year deal with Detroit, and we all know what he accomplished, uh, making Canadian history with 18 sacks, most outstanding defensive player, uh, the first Lion since Solomon Elamimian to accomplish that feat. And uh, you put this down here in your notes, Nick, I think. If you want to be an outstanding Canadian, come to BC, of course. Back-to-back years, and Nathan Rourke, uh, Nathan Rourke winning the award in 2022, and then Matthew Betts winning the most outstanding defensive player as Canadian, right? So uh, if you have aspirations of being that outstanding Canadian player, the, the BC Lions are probably the spot for you based off history here. Um, and then one thing I want to add, too, is I think it's fitting that he's still a Lion in that aspect. and He's playing for Coach Campbell and the Lions, yeah. If, if there's any, yeah, if there's any coach uh, I think that would have an interest in Matthew Betts down south, it has to be uh, Dan Campbell, right? You see that motor on Matthew Betts, that has to get Dan Campbell excited. Yeah, and uh, their general manager, Brad Holmes, it is, has done a great job building that team. So that's a guy who's uh, clearly demonstrated he is great at evaluating talent, and I think I speak for all our fans, all our listeners, and you as well when we say uh, thank you for the memories, best of luck, and we'll be following just like we will uh, Nathan Rourke, whether he's with New England or wherever he ends up. Who knows the situation with the Patriots, uh, new coaching staff and everything, so... Uh, we shall see, but best of luck to Matthew Betts, always a BC Lion in our hearts. Okay, uh, no guest on this episode. You probably figured that out by now. Uh, we've gone down some of the key additions and uh, players who have re-signed with the BC Lions, but as far as the roster breaks down, Nick, uh, you want to talk about a couple of interesting positional battles. Uh, start in the secondary, where, of course, it's a solid mix of veterans and some of these unknown youngsters coming in. And there's going to be some questions that need to get answered uh, come training camp and throughout the entire secondary, right? Uh, obviously, the losses in the secondary this so far this week have been Jalen Edwards-Cooper to Saskatchewan and Quincy Moje to Toronto after his release. But right now, that probably puts Adrian Green at safety, right? He developed in his second year, got some starts uh, toward the end of the season. But with TJ Lee still down, like we were talking about earlier, how do Marcus Sales, how does he fit in uh, into this whatever halfback spot? Same with Siante Evans. Um, at the other cornerback spot uh, uh, um, across from Gary Peters, is it Sigurdman Bagiogo, Patrice Rene is the answer you, you be to year two with BC? Is it uh, one of these newcomers that, that Rig Maiden and company bring in every, every offseason? Um, Another guy worth mentioning, I think, is Charlie Ringland. Where is he yep. going to fit in? This Charlie Ringland was a 2023 uh, fifth round draft pick who t- uh, tore his ACL last season at but, the combine, right? But he'll yeah. be re- he'll presumably be ready for training camp this season. So the entire secondary, I think, is just, there's so many intriguing storylines already. It's February, but I'm I'm already looking forward to May just for the secondary. And what we saw with guys like Bagi Yogo and Renee and Ringland, who we you're going to see in camp for the first time, if these guys can make a difference on special teams, they will stick around. Yeah, that's how Patrice so, made his money. Exactly. So uh, we shall see. Uh, just one of many intriguing battles. We've talked a bit about the running backs. Uh, will Standback is going to enter as uh, the undisputed number one, but you're going to have to keep a couple more around, Nick. And uh, I know it was a constant conversation, uh, you know, failure to establish a running game. But when called upon, Taquan Mizell... Um, made some good plays for this team. You know, in Winnipeg, Western Final, big run early. Then we fell behind and couldn't really use him as much that way. They love him in a block as a blocker. Very impressive. So 
you never know who can emerge uh, as a number two or with a practice roster spot. Yeah, and and Taquan Mizell can also catch balls out of the backfield too, right? So another interesting storyline is how is the running back workload going to get managed this year, right? And uh, Neil McAvoy is on record saying that he expects Taquan Mizell to be better in, in year two up in Canada. And then there's also, like we just said earlier, there's the the newcomers. There's going to be more running backs brought in, and if and if they perform so well in training camp and preseason that you just you cannot simply cut them. Then you have to keep them around. Uh, there could be in for a surprise come come training camp. But so kind of bottom line is you don't lock things in in February because training camp will, will tell who how this uh, how this position all breaks down. Um, we've talked about left guard already. Uh, Pearson and Neville both back. Uh, the Canadian draft will usually result in one or two offensive linemen coming in. But uh, moving over to uh, wide receiver, specifically the field side, Alexander Holland's back, multi-year extension. Lucky Whitehead uh, not signed uh, by the Lions or anyone as of this recording. But I think, you know, these are business decisions more than anything, Nick. And Anyone who comes on to this roster that wasn't here a year ago might be someone like a Jamarius Way who's back, Aiden Eberhart, Ryan Rigmaiden. We encourage you to listen back a few weeks ago, gave us some names of some solid rookie Americans that are going to be in Kamloops, turning heads, earning a spot. Some intrigue here. Yeah, in the last two seasons, I think I've learned, and you can probably echo this, that you go to training camp and probably the first week you can already kind of tell, like, okay, these guys are catching everything in sight. Like, that's the most cliche everything, cliche statement ever for a training camp. But yeah. you can just tell is what I'm getting at by some guys separate themselves from the pack, and it's such a competitive uh, position every training camp because there's 15 to 20 guys, and there's obviously the starters. you got Justin McInnes, Katoy, uh, Hollins. Hatcher's obviously down, so that opens up another spot. Um, but there are spots up for grabs, and it's it's going to be competitive as ever. And uh, Camp will tell, you know, who who Jordan Maximic and Jason Tucker like out of this group, and um, that's another one I'm really looking forward to in, in May. Yeah, the uh, the offense and defensive battles, uh, you just see how intense both sides of the football gets, and that's one of the great things about camp. Uh, interior defensive line, uh, we've talked about the rush end, with Pete Robertson in, uh, Sione, uh, possibly some two solid bookends. But in the interior, uh, you know, we can talk about Stove Richardson being back. Josh Banks is here. Those guys, I think, made uh, Woody Barron expendable. Thibaut Debaye is back. Uh, Francis Bemi, a draft pick from 2023 and a one-time guest on First and Now. We've even had uh, some signings like Tipo Galei, uh, formerly of the Green Bay Packers, and Jonah Tavai, a guy Ryan Rigmaiden, very happy to have uh, Tavai, Galei, all those guys. Um, defensive line, we bring several of these guys, and watching those guys go through the motions, the one-on-ones, and when you get into the team play, that's always fun to see. Exactly, and there's there's so many of them too. Another name that I know, um, kind of made his made his way on the roster toward the end of the season last year was Marcus Moore, and I know the team thinks very highly of him. Uh, he's someone that he, he, I think he, he had a sack called back in the West semifinal, but he had a sack in preseason two last year. I remember, and he's someone that you just notices around the quarterback at all times. So that's another name to keep an eye on. Daniel Joseph is brought into this, so. While you can probably assume that Josh Banks is going to lock down a starting spot, how that other defensive tackle spot shakes up and where Stove Richardson, like you said, fits in, Nathan Cherry, uh, very interested to see come training camp. 
Just uh, under three months away from being back in Kamloops. Have to love that. Uh, before we get into go forward or punt, uh, tell some of our listeners uh, where you're going to be this weekend. I'm off to Victoria. Not Vegas. I'm off to the Vegas of uh, the West, Victoria. Is that right? Sure. No, no yeah. Probably yeah. No sure. We'll go with that. that. But yeah, we're, I'm off to Victoria bright and early tomorrow morning um, for play with the pros, which is one of our um, coaching clinics that we do with players where it's sold out. A hundred kids are going to be taught by Sukchung, Javon Kutoy, Marcus Sales, Manny Ragumba, and Javel, uh, Jarrell Broxton. Um, we've got the West Shore Rebels helping out too. That's a junior football team out in Langford, Victoria area. And it's just always fun to do these events too. I've been going to them for a couple of times. They, they like to spread them out throughout the entire province of BC and they're out in Victoria right now. Um, and then I saw that Marcus Sales and crew they'll, tonight, if you're listening to this on Thursday evening and you're in Victoria, the Irish Times pub, uh, Marcus Ooh, Sales. That sounds good. They'll be down there. So if you want to go catch, I think Marcus said, come have a pint and let's talk about winning the Grey Cup. So That'd be a good conversation I to might, have with Marcus I'm tempted Sills. to come over there. Get, get a ferry right now? It's, only, a, it's, it's 109. We can make it. Have a have a Molson at the Irish pub there and talk football. And, mm-hmm. yeah. but, but Marcus... Yeah, I got and, my best, like we were saying, I got, I'm dressed for it. So Yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah, you'd be the sharpest looking guy in there. But yeah, Marcus, Probably, yeah. Marcus and Manny are also paralleling that too with other school programs that are going on right now. I know they're doing their Energy Champions program, so they're visiting schools telling them about uh, the importance of environmental responsibility. And then I know those presentations are always a lot of fun too. They very, get very the kids good. I engage in all that too. So um, another, another benefit of having a guy like Marcus sales back for another couple of years, he's one of the best players we have in the community. So um, yeah, go, go join him tonight for a pint though. When he's, when he's off his you're uh, not gonna presentations. Go, you're not going to go back to that place we were at the sticky wicket or whatever. You're not going to go. No, we're only there for the day. Not we're going to go we're, play we're, darts or anything? We're, we're, I'm in Friday morning and out Friday night, so it's in and out for oh, me. Oh, that's no fun. they got to put you up for a night. Why not? Yeah, well, Marcus Sales, <laughs> yeah. he's going out tonight, at least with the guys, so you, you got, take you got the, him. You take I, the people fer- would rather see him anyways. You take the ferry or the helijet? We're taking the ferry tomorrow. Nice, okay. Right and early. Touchdown Pacific, baby. August 31st, Royal Athletic Park, Lions and Red Blacks. That is going to be a major highlight of this season. Okay. Go for it or punt. What do you got? My go for it? We'll start off with? Sure. Let's go. I got I got a good one here. This might be a little controversial, but I thought, so I'm, I imagine if you're listening to this, you probably watch the Super Bowl. Moments after the Super Bowl ends, Travis Kelsey, of course, being the showman that he is, starts, starts belting out um, Elvis Presley's Viva Las Vegas. And I saw this post about it because I, th- I thought about this in the moment. I thought, that's not half bad. Like the, the tone he's doing, he's obviously screaming at the top of his lungs. But the tone he did it with when he was singing, I thought it wasn't that bad. And then I see this video explaining how he actually had perfect pitch, which is he pretty much sang the song back in its exact pitch at the exact right moments. Um, so there's a, there's a funny video breaking it down, but I thought I, it's, it just made me laugh. Travis Kelsey's obviously such a character. So I'm going for him and his, all his antics. I think they're funny and I know people might get annoyed of him with his significant other now, but I would just get used to it as long as they keep winning Super Bowls too. What's his, yeah. What's his significant other's name again? I forgot. Start to the T. Yeah. Uh, I, Taylor I'll take, maybe. I'll take your word. For, I, I, I couldn't, I, I didn't, I turned it off like seconds after. Yeah, sort of I, in I just, bit, no, it's not, no, it's not, not at all. Did you see this video though of him singing? No, no. Like I, it? oh, I've had people send me this. I, I, I had people yesterday in our group chat, send me the chief's reaction to the 49ers taking the, I, I'm not, I'm done. I'm not watching it. Like. Yeah, it's over. Like, well, this is so, kind of funny, and it has nothing to do with the football. That's kind of my, yeah. my argument for. And it. he he is um 
in the past, I've seen him up on the podium, whether it's after the AFC title game or he does the fight for your right to yeah. party. Like, yeah, he... It was just like that, but Viva Las Vegas, like several times. Into it. Right, yeah. on, right on note and everything. Okay. Just screaming, though. All right. Uh, I'll go... Am I go for, I'll go for it first here. Um, extra hash brown when you're ordering your breakfast at Tim Hortons or, or anywhere else. Like, uh, you get the combo the with the... The... You just... You get one, right? But yep. you pay for it. Like one's just not enough. I, I experienced. Oh, you the pay other... for this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I say yeah. It's just one one hash brown doesn't do it. You know what I mean? I'm with you. I thought I had it was... this the other day. I was hungry. Okay, yeah, I'll pay whatever it is, and I'll get an extra one. That's... I, th- I thought you were saying like they gave you an extra one. No, no, no. Always go for an extra one, even if it costs you a dollar ninety nine or whatever. Okay, right? I'll keep that in mind. I don't yeah. think I've ever done that, but I'm with you. I like to put mine if I get a breakfast sandwich. I like to put the hash brown in the sandwich. That's good too. Yep. A little crunch. Yep. All right. Am I going to punt here first or are you going to punt here first? You can punt first. <laughs> okay. Uh, sticking with the Super Bowl theme, I'm going to punt away. Watching the big games you're emotionally invested in around other people, I think might have explained this. It was also my dad's birthday on Sunday. So wasn't going to stay home. Like normally when the Niners are playing a big game, I'm home. Leave me alone. Don't bother me. Um, I can turn up the volume as loud as I want. I can swear if I want to. But um, <laughs> this got a little intense toward the, <laughs> toward the end. Um, my dad had one of his good buddies over who was kind of joke play, kind of playing around, uh, all in good fun. But it, when the result goes like the way it went, not fun. So hopefully the next time they're in one of these, who knows if they'll get the chance to go back next year. I don't know. Uh, likely won't be on my dad's birthday again, at least. So, <laughs> one question for you: Are you are you happy they took the ball? I don't think it mattered. Okay. I I like I um. That's not my biggest complaint with what they did. All like, that's fair. I mean, because it's hard because if you, I'd rather. Uh, I'd rather be in a position where you're having to protect the lead. Now, if they score a touchdown, it's a different story. If they score a touchdown, they go for two because they want to give the Chiefs the hardest path to come back. So, um, yeah, I'm, I am I have more of an issue with the execution on third down there. I mean, yeah. not coming away with a touchdown was... Um, so I, yeah, I'm not as, I'm not as critical as, uh, of that decision as other people are. I am a little critical. I'm not going to lie. I think because you, yeah. you saw it right there with the Chiefs when they had to go for it on fourth and one. There's this, if yeah, they but the it was first, like they could punt. Them. It was There's half a, a yard, but they could punt. Yeah, it's the NFL. They could punt in that situation. So I think it, you saw it right there. It was your answer that Casey used that extra down to their advantage, knowing what they had to get right, and it ultimately worked out. It's scary giving Pat it's, Mahomes um, a, a, a walk off situation too. It wasn't my biggest issue with how that I, I agree with that too like, like I, I don't like it but I don't like say it was the ultimate deciding factor third quarter you get the interception you're on Kansas City's 44 and, and you and you don't start you don't run the ball that's like ugh, inexcusable I've defended Kyle Shanahan every year until now I'm starting to see um, the once what's what's I'm butchering the saying here but there's once is a pattern and twi- or no what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is there's been several double-digit leads now in these massive games that San Fran has ultimately came up short yeah. in. So it's becoming a, a pattern. Two, right? uh, two Super Bowls and an NFC title game in Los Angeles where they were up 
17, seven. So, yeah. I don't blame him for the Atlanta thing as much as it, cause he wasn't the head coach. Yeah. Like he, I don't know why that, I don't know why people put that on his record. Like no one ever says you're too young to remember this, or maybe you weren't even born yet. When the Houston Oilers blew the 35-3 playoff lead in Buffalo in the early, no one talks about who Houston's offensive coordinator was. That's fair, yeah. You don't like, yeah. But well, Steve Wilkes was certainly the scapegoat for that at yeah. least. But um, yeah, that was uh, Bill Belichick. Let's get him out of retirement. I, I saw Cope. I saw Vrabel potentially too. I'd be on board big, with big that. names are out yeah. there, right? I'd but, be on board with that. But. Speaking of big names, all uh, right, no more Super Bowl talk. Speaking of big names, I'm kind of punting our, this halftime show. We'll get, we'll get your take on it. I just thought about to it. I just thought about it, but it, my my whole take on this was okay. I I honestly thought Usher when I first saw it. I, I didn't realize that he was like the main performer in the halftime show. I just don't think Usher himself has that magnitude of like high quality hits. And my well, whole go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say when they announced it, people were kind of huh. Yeah. Like yeah. For Vegas Super Bowl in Vegas, yeah. you got uh, in twenty twenty four. You got Usher. Uh, I personally like him because a lot of his I hits, like him, yeah. a lot of his hits remind me of my youth, so to speak, right? And yeah, the show, I, yeah, I, I, I could take it or leave it. I don't know if I'd pun it. Um, my mic drop yeah. moment about Usher, though, why it wasn't that good was that you probably you yourself and my myself too uh, speaking for this. I thought the halftime show got good once Usher was not. Uh, it wasn't about Usher anymore. Once Little, Little John, John came in, and once Ludacris, Ludacris whoever, came in, that's yeah. when I was like, okay, this is cool. But and I, that's what they kind of done in the past too, right? With especially that West Coast one, where it was a collective group. But I just, I just didn't love it. And there wasn't any. There was, a, there was one meme, I guess, with uh, him holding Alicia Keys that was memorable from it. But even the entire show, like, there wasn't that anything that was too memorable from it. They're, they're rollerblading, cool, but it's a Super Bowl. I mean, I, I expect an A plus every time. And again, I, I wasn't the state of mind I was in. I, I was kind of just, I want, I kind of wanted to take a breather at halftime was outside helping uh, grill the steaks. As mentioned, it was my dad's birthday. And so from what I saw of it, I was like, yeah, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's not the best, not the worst. You won't so, remember it, unfortunately, but it's been yeah. a high bar recently. You know, Rihanna last year was great. Obviously Dr. Dre a couple of years ago, the West coast one. Yeah. yeah. Like where they could, they combined brilliant. everybody, right? It was just, brilliant. It wasn't just Dr. Dre though. It was like all five of them had their kind of equal stage time. Whereas I don't know, just, I liked didn't uh, do it for me. a bunch of years ago. They did Springsteen. He was awesome. That was a Pittsburgh, Arizona Super Bowl I'm in trying Tampa. I think who stands out to me off the top of my head. Beyond, Timber, Beyonce Timberlake, was pretty Timberlake good. Did it, right? When yeah, you? that was the wardrobe malfunction. Remember that? No, one? not that Janet one. No, Jackson? like recently, if I'm not mistaken. This is bad. Maroon this is bad 5 podcast, did it a few years ago. That was, yeah, not yeah. too memorable. That was the Atlanta so, one, right? With all like Bun yep. B and stuff like that came out. But yeah. I saw Katy Perry in Arizona. That was a great one. 10 years one. ago, yeah. 11 years ago, whenever that was. So, oh, uh, the Chili Peppers and Bruno Mars was a pretty good one, right? That was a good one. Was it was it with the uh, with the Chili Peppers or just Bruno Mars? Bruno Mars and then the Chili Justin Peppers Timberlake. came out. I thought, right? I can't remember either. I know Justin this, Timberlake this... was twenty eighteen, so I, that's that's so the one he I'm did, talking okay, about. So he... I remember he did like um, oh why can't I think of the song? I'm not gonna sing it right now. But he was it was I like that show. That's all I remember from it. I don't. Yeah, I now it's coming back to me now. I uh, maybe that was one of those where I just kind of um, just didn't pay attention or I. Went to grab a snack or something. Mirrors so. is a Justin Timberlake song I'm thinking of. I remember he did it. Okay, there yeah. It. So there we go. All, all right, we've covered a lot of ground here. Uh, we encourage everyone to subscribe, rate, leave a review, 
And uh, in the coming days, uh, we shall see whatever uh, else comes down the pipe. But bclions.com is our free agency hub. Uh, we're on YouTube. Uh, check out Arrow Up the Rap if you've not seen the conclusion. Excellent work by Nick, Liam, and everybody involved. And uh, stay out of trouble in Victoria. Do my best. We're Like I said, we're in and out, so it'll be okay. not hard to do. Well, if you get this before Friday or before Thursday night, if you've already downloaded this and you're in Victoria, head to the Irish Times Pub. That's it. Marcus Sales will be there. All right. First and now, the official BC Lions podcast.